Hello, and welcome to Dear Franny, the podcast of uncommon conversations about love. I'm your host, Francesca Hoagie. Hi. I hope that you are safe and well wherever you are in the world listening to this right now. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Today's episode is a special episode, and I'm going to give you a little background to explain. So today... I have a very hilarious, as always, conversation with my dear friend, Corinne Kaplan. And Corinne and I know each other because we were on the same tribe together on Survivor. We were not on the same side of uh, our respective alliances, so we were not friends back then. But since then, we have become very, very, very good friends. I love Corinne. We've traveled together. We've spent so much great time together. And she's honestly one of the most loyal and caring people. I've ever met. And I don't say that lightly. She and I are very, very different in our points of view, as you will hear today. Corinne has her own podcast called My Best Friend Corinne. And the listeners of My Best Friend Corinne are, well, let's face it, they're a cult. Shout out to the cult members. (laughs) Listen to Corinne do every crazy thing she tells you to do. Um, (laughs) Today's episode is a little bit different because Corinne and I are answering advice questions and um, mostly from the cult members of my best friend, Corinne, and a couple of other people too. So thanks for those of you who submitted questions. You know, there's a little bit of life questions in there, mostly dating and relationship questions. And Corinne and I do not always agree. We often don't agree. But um, when we do agree, and sometimes we do, so you'll hear that we agree sometimes. When we are on the same page, I think you should really take our advice. (laughs) So that's just a little background um, as to the format of the show. And maybe if you hear some references to the Facebook group, It's my best friend Corinne's Facebook group. So I will be linking to my best friend Corinne in the show notes so you guys can check that out. She also was on a previous episode of Dear Franny, and that was more of an interview, and she tells many of her hilarious stories. So I will also link to that in the show notes so you can just get a true flavor of the magic that is Corinne Kaplan. A little bit more about Corinne. So she was on two seasons of Survivor and she was on a season of The Amazing Race. And you just never met anyone like her. I promise. <laughs> I really promise. So without further ado, please enjoy this very wide ranging and highly entertaining <laughs> conversation with my dear friend Corinne. We already spent a lot of time together. So we both already knew the things about each other that drive us crazy so we were prepared you know what I mean (laughs) so yeah so there haven't been any surprises it's like oh yeah like you know he gets annoyed when I do that I get annoyed when he does this and it's just like it's always been it's fine (laughs) so that reminds me of when I told you I was like you know I'm gonna go to Columbia with this guy and you're like you're skipping a bunch of levels here yeah and then we got out there and like he was doing shit that pissed me off and I was doing shit that pissed him off and it didn't work yeah that's why you don't do that yeah it's better to build it's better to build up (laughs) Because if they're the right person, they're still going to be the right person when you take that trip. And if they're not the right person, then you can save yourself the pain of like, you know, being like, oh, my God, you're the most annoying person on earth. So but you know who's not most annoying person on earth? You, Corinne Kathleen. Oh, thank you. <laughs> You're like, I don't know. Sounds like a trick question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy to talk to you and have you back on the podcast. You are just the best ever. And I miss you terribly. And I can't wait till this quarantine is over so I can come to Denver and visit you. I know you missed your godson's once a year shearing. I know. I know. <laughs> For anyone who's listening to this and is like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why don't you tell them what happened? My godson is not human. Nope. Although you are a lot of humans' godmothers. I do have a lot of godchildren, 
and um, Tupaka is my only non-human godchild. Well, for everyone listening, do you want to know why she has so many? Because the second I got him, she's like, does he have a godmother? Can I be the godmother? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, no one's vying for that. Sure. <laughs> oh, but somebody was. So he's an alpaca for anyone who's wondering what we're talking about. Yes. But no, remember, because I was like, he needs a godmother. And you're like, great, you're his godmother. But then somebody else wanted to be his godmother, too. So no, I do feel vaguely like someone else did offer that. Up. Yes. So, you know. This is a coveted position. Not many people can say they have an alpaca for a godchild, okay? It's very special. (laughs) So special that she's yet to meet him. (laughs) Well, I know. Well, I didn't know. Who told you to move to Denver? I know. I mean, why did you leave me? No, it is my fault. Well, how are you? How are you dealing with the lockdown? And I know you're, you're super busy, like working like nonstop. So yeah. So I'm like super thankful that my job can be done remotely. And it's a really interesting thing for me because my job usually takes me, I'm in a Marriott four nights a week. I'm usually in multiple states every week. I fly every week without any exception. And so when this began, I was like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to like being home all the time. Because I think one of the reasons I really like Denver has always been, I moved here two years ago, but it always seems like I just moved here is because I really don't have that much time to explore it. So it still has that like new car smell. And I was concerned at first that if I took out the equation of being so thankful to get home because I'm like stuck in airports or, you know, waiting on rental cars all week, I didn't know if it would be as special. And it turned out to be even more special. Oh, I really like it here. That's great. And I am beyond grateful that I made this move prior to COVID. Not that they were close together, but I lived in that dump fucking apartment in LA. And if I was quarantined, it would have been terrible. (laughs) And you know, by the way, like I never realized I do so much laundry and I run the dishwasher so much more because like I'm home. So like I didn't even have a washer dryer, right? Like I had to like put money on a card and use like a communal one in my building. Yeah. Quarantine here is I have way more space. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. Your apartment's Mm -hmm. great and you've got lots of light and you can. Yeah, it's great. Yes. Awesome. Oh, I'm glad for you, too, because, yeah, your L.A. apartment would not have been fun. It was so depressing. Ugh. I mean, it would have been nice to be close to my friends. That was definitely, you know, I think you had asked me about what I was thinking about quarantine in the beginning. And I said, like, oh, my God, it's amazing. All of my friends will Zoom call with me. We have Zoom parties every night. I have a Zoom happy hour after this. And I feel so connected to them because if I were to ask all of my friends that all currently live like in the same vicinity in L.A., Hey, would you guys all get on a call so I can see your faces? They'd be like, well, that's annoying. Like, (laughs) right, right, right. But now everyone has to. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that we're all in the same boat is really helping the situation. Yeah. Like if it was just California lockdown and everybody else was back to normal, it would suck. If it was like just Denver lockdown, everybody else back to normal. But at least we're all in the same boat, which is definitely helpful. Yeah. And I mean, we have, I solicited some listener questions. Um, For those of you that have no idea who I am, that's totally fine. (laughs) But I had a podcast for four years and I have listeners that haven't heard from me in a while. And so I solicited questions and I was inundated. Actually, since we've been recording for about five minutes, I have two more emails. Oh, wow. So people are really excited to hear from both of us. Definitely more probably you than me. But (laughs) you give the good advice. I give the whack advice. But yeah, there was somebody that's asked about working out at home and I happen to have cracked the code on this. Oh, do share. Yeah, let's just jump right in. So you've got questions. I also have a couple of questions um, that people submitted. So what's the workout question? Because that's probably going to be helpful to a lot of people. Here's the question. Hi, Corinne. Looking forward to your podcast with Franny. And I wanted to send in a quick question. Has quarantine changed your diet exercise regimen? And or do you have any tips specific to quarantine 
for how to eat and be well. Thanks and can't wait to listen, Josh. So I will let you take this one first and then I'll tell you what I have done. Okay, so I'm sure that we're going to have very different (laughs) answers to this question. So my routine has definitely been disrupted because I was every day going on a hike, basically, like that was my main source of exercise. And then like a few times a week, I would go to yoga, you know, I might go to a spin class. So my routine has been totally disrupted. And I was regularly working out every day before quarantine. So now I am taking like virtual yoga classes a few times a week, which is really, actually, I really enjoy it. It's kind of nice to be in my house doing that and not in a studio. And I don't hike because I'm too far from a trail. I'm trying to just like stay within walking distance. So, but I do go for a walk every day. And at least it's just a way for me to, you know, get some fresh air and like move my body. It's not super duper exercise, but at least it's something and it feels good. So that's what I've been doing. And then diet wise, I've just had to be careful because I'm home all day. Like I could easily eat all day long without stopping um, if I let myself. So even just little things like for a while, I was getting in the habit of working in my kitchen and I had to stop doing that because if I'm sitting in the kitchen, I'll just be like, oh, I'm here. Might as well grab this. Might as well grab that. So literally just leaving the kitchen has helped. And I also make sure that I don't buy too many unhealthy things because if they're in the house, then my willpower is a lot less strong. So I just have, you know, lots of healthy snacks and fruits and vegetables and just trying to be mindful because you're probably going to come out of this quarantine like in the best shape of your life, but most of us are not. And that's fine. You know, so I'm just like, it is what it is. There's this whole situation is traumatic. So I'm giving myself a break. I'm not killing myself trying to like maintain my highest level of fitness ever. So just moving my body because that feels good. Well, okay. I mean, that's not that dissimilar from what I'm doing, but I basically, I used to have Orange Theory. So I did Orange Theory five to six times a week. And then I also had Legree Pilates at a studio here that I was doing once a week. So in general, I always work out at least seven times a week, but I can sometimes do two on one day and then take a day off. But that was the most I could do because with my travel schedule, although there are Orange Theories everywhere, which is really nice, I really couldn't just like land in Lincoln, Nebraska and then find, you know, somewhere to walk or hike or, you know, when I lived in LA, I used to do running all the time. And it was always in addition to my other workouts. So when quarantine began, I was like, first and foremost, I went to a Word document. Well, let me back it up. All of the studios I've ever worked out in had these virtual options. And I thought they were all utter garbage. I always hated when instructors were talking to me during class. Like, so I found that for the virtual stuff, they overdo that. So like there was one I was trying to take that didn't, it was just body weight, you know, like hit class. And she was on the beach in Los Angeles. And she's like, Oh, feel that vitamin G. And and I was like, oh, shut up. (laughs) Like, I was like, you know what? Screw this. I'm sure I can make my own workout. So I downloaded a Tabata timer, which if you don't know, Tabata just means you're repeating an activity. So it's 20 seconds on 10 seconds of rest. But the idea is that you go full out for the 20 seconds. Oh, so I made my Tabata style workouts. I only have three. I designed them myself. One is abs. One is arms. One is legs. Happy to share those if anyone's interested. Every other activity on it is cardio. So if the first activity is push-ups, the second activity could be jump squats or burpees. And so it goes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I found that it's very tolerable for me to set my mind up that I'm going to get a 10-second break. The whole role of the one activity, so let's say it's push-ups, I'm going to do eight rounds of it. Each round will be 20 seconds, and I have a 10-second break in between. Then I have no more push-ups the rest of the workout. And so it's this mindset of, like, I'm going to get a break, and also I'm going to be done with this particular shitty 
activity. Yeah. Oh, that's good. I need that. Actually, this this will get me back to jump roping if I do that. Yeah. Because jump roping is exhausting. Jesus. It is. It's really boring. If you yeah, if you don't have set up breaks for oh, it's so boring. Also, I'm not. I can't. I'm not coordinated enough. I I can't do it. <laughs> Kudos to anyone that can. I feel like you're somebody that does handstands. So I bet you're pretty good at jump roping. I, I'm a pretty good. I'm a decent jump rope. I used to be a double dutcher back in the day. So. Oh damn. I have a little bit of muscle memory left about <laughs> jump roping. I've gotten whacked in the legs so many times with jump ropes in like stupid classes where they have that as one of the workouts and I I can't do it I hate it but anyway so I developed these three workouts each one is an hour long and I do those in the morning and then in the afternoon I take anywhere between a five and a ten mile walk with my neighbor or by myself but like I live in a really cool neighborhood and there's tons of art and there's always new art going up and I really enjoy it. And thank God this happened when daylight savings, you know, it's light out till super late. You take a 10 mile walk. That's, I mean, I take five mile walks some days, but 10, that's a lot. I'm impressed. Yeah, I aim for at least five, but ultimately I try and make it longer, but I reward myself. Like last night, my neighbor and I did a walk and then we purposely ended it somewhere, my favorite winery, where we could get Frosé and then do the (laughs) remainder of the walk home with Frosé. So like, you know, I get creative, but that being said, I will tell you, I hate announcing this because I feel like when I announce it, I'm going to like jinx myself, but I have lost six pounds since quarantine started and it is very difficult for me to lose weight. No one can see me. I'm not an overweight person or at all, but no, I was going to say six pounds from where, what are you talking? (laughs) (laughs) I just can't, I, for the longest time, like, you know, I'm older and it's just so hard to even lose like two pounds. And so I was so thrilled and I was like, oh, it wasn't my fault. It's because I'm staying in Marriott's. I'm subjected to whatever food I can get where the city I am. And the only walking I was getting was like the terminal in the airport, right? Like I did do Orange Theory, but there was nothing supplementing that. So I'm burning way more calories now, which is nice. I will say that about walking, like the times in my life where I have been the most fit have been times where not only did I work out every day, like in the gym or whatever, but I also walked a lot. Like the combination of walking on top of whatever you're doing is like, definitely the icing on the cake huge and it's not hard right like i don't dread walking like i very much enjoy it i put my headphones in yeah i love it i listen to my podcast yeah (laughs) yeah totally so i'm a big advocate like if you can just walk that's good enough my friend rachel who's from big brother she is she's like one of the most insane bodies and she only walks but she power walks and she does a lot of mileage and she does it every single day. Hmm. And that's what's keeping her together. And I'm like, if she can do that and look like that and she's older than I am, then I'm all for it. Wow. Good for her. All right. Diet wise, you know me, I'm incredibly strict. So in the beginning, I had went to Costco and bought small turkey jerky sticks, which don't have a lot of calories and they are healthy. It's just that I don't know how to portion control. So I would just eat like one here, one there, and they're 40 calories each. And like they add up. So I cut those out. After that Costco size bag was done, I put myself on probation. I'm not allowed to have those anymore. That's what I had to do with sour cream and onion potato chips. They're no longer allowed in the house. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) This is why I can't have nice things. So I have very strict, I I mean, I'm unique in that I'm a very picky eater. And so I don't enjoy food like most people do. I mean, I like food, but I don't... um, I would never, I'm not like somebody that likes to order in unless it's like something I can identify exactly how many calories are in. So like, I don't like to roll the dice, even with things that I think are healthy. Like for example, a turkey burger or like a bison burger, they're supposed to be healthy, but like there's a wide spectrum of how many calories can be in that. And I just, I don't, I feel uncomfortable ordering food in and not knowing that. So I eat a bag salad because you know, I can't cook. 
<laughs> every day for lunch. And then for dinner, I kind of, I do a couple different things. There was this turkey chili from Costco I was really into, but the moral of the story is there's no in-between. The only snack I have in my house are hard-boiled eggs and they're disgusting and rubbery. And <laughs> I don't like them that much. So the key here is if you don't know how to cook or if you do and you just refuse to cook, you will ultimately eat less. That's what happens there. So you are wired differently than most people. So for you, like the calorie counting, like I think you enjoy it. And like, you're just so used to I'm very used to it. Like, that's just how your mind works. So I just want to do a little disclaimer for anybody who's thinking like, should I be counting calories? No, don't do it. I mean, I don't count calories, but I but I understand that that works for you. It's like automatic because I like to eat large quantities. Like I when I buy a bag of salad, it says there are three servings, by the way. I've said this on my own podcast, never use the dressing that comes with the salad. That's your problem. You got to buy <laughs> fat-free dressing to put on the salad. But in any case, why don't you just use like olive oil and vinegar? Why are you no. buying fat-free anything? Because I... Fat-free, it's just processed and not good for you. I, well, I really care about the calorie content. Like I buy all diet salad dressings because I don't want to add 80 calories. I like a lot of dressing. <laughs> so anyway, I, the bag of salad is really meant to feed. I think it's three servings. Actually, I know it's three thirds. I eat the whole thing. So it's like very fulfilling because there's lots of bites to salad. Yes, it's true. And then I, you know, I church it up. I put a little stuff here and there in it. Yeah. I do eat a giant salad every day as well, which is helpful. Yeah. I love it, man. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So that's what's happening in my corner. But I read horror stories online. And let me tell you something else. I am so desperate to have like a good summer. Like I know quarantine is going to end at some point and I'm not trying to have like a self-consciousness or feel like I don't look good in my bikini. I would be so upset if instead of losing weight, I put on weight during quarantine and I see on Facebook that that's a major problem. Get ahead of that shit, man. <laughs> that's not good. It's so interesting that I'm, we're having this conversation because I just didn't interview yesterday with somebody who's like very anti-diet culture so like if she heard this her head would explode <laughs> she's like she must not be single i think that it's about doing what makes you feel good and not putting too much pressure on yourself that's what i think but i'm happy for you that you are like you know killing i disagree it. you should put a lot of pressure on yourself <laughs> Really, you will feel better if you force yourself to do walks every day, if you're healthy. I'm telling you, I'm the only person I know. I've ordered three pairs of jeans since quarantine started. As far as I can tell from social media, no one's even putting jeans on. <laughs> I put on jeans a few times and I'm like, wow, clothes. This feels amazing. <laughs> yeah, and that's actually something else I would suggest, not related to dieting, but I um, get dressed up, full makeup, full outfit, at least once a week as though I'm going out. So oftentimes I'll show up on the Zoom calls in like head-to-toe club wear um, with big <laughs> lashes like meet up with like my one friend in the building we have like a friday night like she'll be like i'm gonna cook dinner i'm like all right i'm gonna come in a full emmy dress like <laughs> i suggest keeping some of those things in your in the repertoire yeah because you lose the feeling of like living life like it's weird like there are people yeah. like i mean again i don't know i'm sort of just going off social media but like that are just like i'm not shaving my legs i'm not dying my hair i'm not you know and i'm like what are you doing yeah there are people who aren't brushing their teeth and they're not showering and i'm like don't you just what? feel really shitty when you don't do that i mean oh i i have my full like i do my total skincare routine Same. every morning every night of course i brush my teeth twice a day of course i shower every day because if i didn't i would just feel so crappy you know and i get dressed every day i don't wear jeans but i'm like i don't wear my pajamas all day because that would send me in a depression if i stayed in my pajamas all day and i didn't like wash my face and take a shower and brush my teeth i know that i would be depressed i took the opportunity while i had the time and i was home like i i got a teeth whitening kit i've been whitening my teeth i've got a whole <laughs> really elaborate skincare regimen i bought like a poor 
suction thing to like, <laughs> do, I mean, I have really gone all in because I'm just have the mindset that like, okay, guys, listen, a lot of other people are going to be behind the curve, right? Like you hear these people that are treating their bodies like shit. <laughs> I'm going to walk out of quarantine and it's going to be like shooting fish in a barrel. Like I am oh my keeping God. it high and tight. So <laughs> Corinne, I suggest you do the same. It sounds like this is a time for you to start a YouTube channel and become an influencer. It's your calling. <laughs> I want to share this question. This came from someone on Twitter and this is a love dating question. So this is another thing I think we'll probably disagree on this, but um, <laughs> that's kind of the deal here, folks. Yes. If you haven't guessed that already. <laughs> It's a good cop, bad cop scenario. Two distinct uh, points of view. Um, Okay, so... Okay, so this person will call her Brenda. I don't know where I got that from. Dating someone for, oh, and it's not Brenda Lowe. If anybody's listening to this, who knows Brenda Lowe? It's not her. Brenda, dating someone for eight months. He's 25. It's his first relationship. So I don't know exactly how old this person is, but she's around 30. So she thinks she's 30. Maybe she's 31. Okay, so she's dating someone 25. It's his first relationship. And she found out he's been DMing with 10 or so girls on Instagram. The messages are definitely inappropriate and shooting his shot, commenting that they look hot. So she confronted him. He says he's so sorry. He knows it was fucked up. He was never going to meet up with them. And he was seeking validation and knows it's wrong. He feels disgusted with himself and he's begging for a second chance. Okay, so she's conflicted. She loves him and it's the best connection she's had in a while. And also, to be fair, she did similar shit in her early 20s, but learned and matured. So her question for us is, would either of you give him another chance or is this an absolute deal breaker? And if you do give him another chance, what kind of boundaries or parameters do you establish so you can trust him again? So the trust has been broken. What should she do? Corinne. I mean, I have a pretty like solid like my reasoning here would be um so yes of course i would definitely overlook this because my definition of cheating is does not include dming although it really pissed me off but here's the thing now you have the upper hand i would set rules up i have to have the password to your instagram like i would make he will pay for this for a really long time and i really like that (laughs) (laughs) so in other words you love this scenario nothing really happened but i got him to feel like shit and now he's forever indebted and like he realizes how grateful he is to have me like this is pretty perfect for you um that being said (laughs) i want to point out that it's not because he's 25 that he did that like that's not what happened there and i've dated guys that are 35 that do that like that's just something that he's got to fix I've been in situations where it's not even that they did that while I was dating, but they were like, I dated, you know, divorced guys that cheated. And then I laid down some very serious law, you know, in order to agree to the relationship. I just think that that's, that's something you can do. What about you, Franny? So unsurprisingly, I have a completely different perspective on this. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, I think, look, obviously this person is, she says she loves him. And she's clearly looking for a committed relationship. And so from my perspective, when you're looking for a committed relationship, you need to be mindful of what someone is capable of and where they are. So it just sounds like, yeah, part of it is, might be immaturity, though there are plenty of men who are 30 years older than him who have the same level of immaturity. Um, so age is no guarantee that, you know, you're going to be mature. However, I just think lacking confidence and lacking you know, well, judgment, he's lacking some integrity. And those are things that, you know, you're going to have to deal with that. And in my experience, when you date someone who is not confident and who needs a lot of external validation, like that's a bottomless pit. And so 
I feel that this is going to come back to bite you. Not that he's necessarily even going to cheat on you. I mean, honestly, in a situation like this, I would imagine he's probably going to break up with you at some point because he feels too intimidated and unworthy. That is more likely to happen, I would say. It's hard for me to relate to this, in this, to be honest, just because I just wouldn't ever be dating somebody who would do that because I only date people who are very... They're just single-minded, you know, and they're commitment-minded. And But if I was in this situation, it would be a deal-breaker for me. But I know that's easy for me to say, and I know that it's really hard when you, you know, you really care about someone and you want to give them another chance. If you do decide to proceed with dating him... I don't know. I mean, Corinne, I know you're a fan of like laying down rules. Yeah. I'm more just like, I think it's such a boundary that's already been crossed. It's like you can use words and be like, don't ever do that again. But if you're allowing it, then I don't know. I just don't know if that carries so much weight. So I think it's about just being really honest with yourself of what this person is capable of, you know? So this is why I talk about ready, able, willing. He, I believe that he's totally into you and he likes you a lot. I just don't know if he has the ability to be the kind of partner that you're looking for. Based on this, I would say no, unfortunately. <laughs> if it's any help, I've done very, very serious monitoring of my exes and they're all exes. I mean, one that comes to mind is my favorite ex who actually, we'll get into this, but he asked if he could move here when COVID started. Mm. Dolly, the one that I always talk about. Oh my God. I know. Really? Ugh. Yeah. Uh, I'm so glad you said no. You said no. I said no. Yeah. Because I also was like, I'm not going to have you here unemployed. That's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. But in any case, he was actually a very good dude who really didn't cheat, but I'd come off a cheater. And so I said to him, the rule was that there are no new phone numbers allowed in your phone. And if there is a new number, you need to explain to me why. So I would check his contacts to see how many contacts he had. Corinne, you want to live like that? Like, I can't even imagine. That's so exhausting. I I, I don't want to, I don't care what's in your phone. I don't care what's in your DMs. Like, it's so, I don't have the bandwidth for that. <laughs> I know, most people don't. But, you know, I was like, this is, these are the rules. You either play by the rules or I'll find somebody who will. And so he was like, okay. And so he did. And, you know, eventually I wore him out and that was that. So. I've gotten much cooler in my old age, but you know, back in the day, like even the NBA player I dated, I mandated that he fly me to every major metropolitan city. So Toronto, Miami, Phoenix, LA. But if he wanted to go to Milwaukee, I was like, fine, find some chicken head in the double tree in Milwaukee. I don't give a shit, but you're not going to any good cities without me. And so I flew oh <laughs> with the team. So Corinne, <laughs> like I basically had to like take like a leave of absence from my job to travel around Oh my god! to make sure he wasn't fucking anyone else in these other cities. I don't know necessarily advise this but i'm just telling you that there's a spectrum and you're all the way to the left i'm all the way to the right so i feel like this is a comfortable zone just ask for his instagram password that's not that big a deal it is i uh, listen if i were to ask my boyfriend for his instagram password he would totally give it to me because he wouldn't care i have his he has nothing to hide he has nothing to hide i just i mean i would never ask i would never i can't even imagine asking somebody for that i can't it's like very hard for me to imagine that i just that's why you're in a successful relationship if i don't have complete trust then we're not even dating much less like i disagree you earn my trust if you don't dm anyone for five years i'll let you change your password (laughs) you know like you can earn it okay so corinne here i guess i think part of this is like what what do you want here what's the goal is this like are you playing a short game or a long game because if you're playing a short game of just like i want to keep dating this guy right now and i want him like you and the nba player i want him to keep taking me to like all these cool cities and i want to like have this fun experience like while this while this lasts like that's one thing But if you're actually like, no, I'm looking for someone I can like spend my life with, then why would you even sign up for something that, you know, that Maya Angelou 
would quote, like, when someone shows you who they are, believe them the first time? In most of my scenarios, they didn't do anything to warrant the the rules. I That's just how I am. That was just your paranoia. Yeah, Dolly did, never did anything. I just was like, if we're going to date long distance, I'm not dating someone long distance unless I know that they're not meeting other girls. And the only way I'd know that is if I go through your phone and there's no new contacts added. I mean, this was my crazy ass. It wasn't really, it wasn't like... A reaction to something like what she's doing. I just, same with the NBA player, when he kept trying to kick it to me, I was like, no, I know your history. No. And he's like, what do I have to do to prove it? I'll do anything. And I was like, okay. I have to fly to every good city. And he's like, okay. So I think you hit the nail on the head when you said like, there's a spectrum to this and you and I are on extremes of the spectrum. So I don't know how helpful this is going to be. Well, it should make her feel better that at least- (laughs) To poor Brenda. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, well, I have tons of questions. So I would like to send one your way. Okay, let's go. Let's go. All right. Wait, well, really quick. I just want to say one more thing to Brenda and this is just everyone. It's just that my hope for everyone is that they have a relationship that is fulfilling and that is based and then it's healthy and it's based on trust. And so I want that for you, Brenda. So I want more for you than this guy, even though obviously he has great qualities. Otherwise, you wouldn't have been dating him for eight months. But I want more for you. And I know it's possible for you to have more. So but you have to believe it in order to have it. Oh, yeah. That's part of the recipe. You have to believe. You do. Yeah. You do have to believe. It'll, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Um. Okay. This question is very tied into the Maya Angelou quote you just gave because I okay. literally, this person that asked it, I told her the exact same thing, that quote. So she started talking to a guy. They were talking for, you know, like six weeks during COVID though. And she was basically quarantining with him and they got into a little tiff and he basically said to her, I'm not looking for anything serious. I, you know, I Mm, listen to him. (laughs) Right. I'm in the middle of changing jobs that are like, I'm not, I'm not trying to do anything serious. If you can continue hanging out and it's sort of, you know, he didn't come out and say friends with benefits situation, but the implication was like, it's just fun. But to her, like she's spending, you know, a lot of time with him and no time with anyone else and was really starting to like him. And she's like, what do I do now? If I sign up, if I say yes, then I've just accepted less than what I think I deserve. But is there a chance that I can continue dating him in the hopes that that he will notice how great I am and come around on this decision he's made. And my advice to her was, he's told you outright that he's not looking for something serious. Yes. It doesn't get any clearer than that. It really does not. Sometimes I think that you just need to have this experience and not listen to someone. (laughs) You know, like if she just wants to be like, you know, I just really like him and I want to believe like, okay, go ahead. So you can have the experience yourself so you can learn for yourself, right? I mean, I wouldn't recommend running headlong into like heartache and pain, you know, knowingly. But yes, if someone cannot articulate, this is the ready, able, willing. The first thing in ready is the ability to articulate that you're ready for a relationship. And if someone can't do that, much less tell you explicitly that they don't want a relationship, then you're really, really, really risking your heart. But you know what I think is confusing for her and, you know, for anyone in that situation is, okay, so what they're saying and what they're doing are not congruent. Like you're saying you don't want a serious relationship, but you're over my apartment four nights a week. We're having dinner together and lengthy conversations. Yep. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Yep. So it doesn't matter. It's only confusing if you hope against hope that this is the thing. It is confusing. It's confusing when there's somebody who you like and you really enjoy spending time with and you know that they enjoy spending time with you because you're there. They're having fun, you know, Right. and you have a great connection. And like, it's really confusing when that does not equal. And now I also want to be with you for the long term. 
right? It's that is confusing because if you're not wired that way, because I'm not wired that way. Like if I like you enough to spend a lot of time with you and like have sex with you and enjoy your company, like I want to be in a relationship with you. Me too. Yeah. I don't want to really make it so gendered because there are plenty of guys who are the same way, but this is a very common you know, heterosexual dynamic. And it's, you just got to accept it. You may, you don't have to understand it, but it's the reality he can well, think you're dope. He can love spending time with you and still not want to be in a relationship with you. And that sounds very clearly like what's going on right now. Yeah. And you know, on the heels of that, cause this is something else that we talk about. I, I have this issue. Um, basically I will, I like to go on lots of dates. I like to meet lots of people, but I can only like one person at a time. And so inevitably, if I'm in a situation where I'm dating someone and the idea is that we are not exclusive and I'm meant to be going out on dates with other people, well, somebody's going to rise to the top and I'm going to, yes, I'm going to pick that person. Yes. So if you leave me open to dating other people, the chances are that I am going to end up dating other people and finding someone that actually wants to have an exclusive relationship with me. Yeah. So I get like confused by this idea. You're saying you're not exclusive. Well, for how long? Like, when does the timer run out on that? Like, I don't, I'm unclear with that. And I feel like nowadays that's everyone's party line. No one wants to be exclusive. And I, I find that very frustrating. Oh, I actually find the opposite. I think that, well, first of all, there are plenty of people who want to be exclusive all the time, but there are actually more people, I think, who want to be exclusive now as a result of COVID-19. Really? Yeah, because like I know, like I, I have a guy friend who has been like, you know, one of these guys who everyone's like, oh, well, he's in love again, but like, it's not, you know, how long is this going to last? Right. Cause he just like has amazing girlfriend after amazing girlfriend after amazing girlfriend that he always breaks up with, you know, and I was talking to him and he's like, you know, this has really forced me to rethink my life choices. Like I, I have not been doing this life thing right. I don't want to be alone. Like I do want partnership. I do want somebody who I can rely on. Like, I don't want just somebody to keep me company during quarantine. I want a life with someone. So like, we're going through this together and we're both invested. And I was like, if this dude is saying that, (laughs) knowing him as well as I do, like that is major. And, And I've been hearing like similar sentiments. This experience is very clarifying for a lot of people that like, oh, I thought I kind of had forever to figure out like, you know, when I was going to settle down. And not that everyone is meant to settle down. I also want to be clear about that, you know, quote unquote, settle down. Not everybody wants, you know, long term monogamy, which is fine. It's not how you're wired. Then that's beautiful. Just know it and be honest about it with people. But anyway, but online data, everything is ticking up. Like there's so many more users online, like people are connecting so much more than they normally do. Yeah. So there are people out there who are looking for commitment but just hoping that someone's going to change their mind and say like, oh, you know what? I didn't want commitment, but now you're so amazing. I've changed my mind. That's the rom-com fantasy that we've all been fed our whole lives. But let me tell you. <laughs> yeah, it's not based in reality. It's not based in reality. It's just, it's it's not, a, it's, you can't take it personally. It's not about you. It's about, you know, a lot of people to love someone and to really share your life with another person, like there's risk involved. Like you're risking like, real hurt like to love is to risk pain and a lot of people do not have the vulnerability to put themselves in that position and they won't like they'll protect themselves at every at any cost and it sucks when you fall for someone like that but let me ask you this what is your take on okay you and I start dating and how far into us dating do you have the exclusivity conversation because I find that that's a common problem as well it's like neither person wants to be the lame duck that brings it up. But at a certain point, it needs to be said or else both people are just openly dating other people. And then also, I always feel like at a certain age, people kind of give off this 
and this might be in my head, but I feel like it's this vibe of like, I mean, we're older. Like if you want to date someone else, I can't stop you even if we said we were exclusive. So like, you know, if you like me, then you're not going to date other people. And I don't think that needs to be said. But like, I'm confused as to when when that conversation would be had. Okay. Yeah. So I I think that first of all, just to even flip your thinking from like somehow it makes you lame or like pathetic to be clear about the fact that you want a relationship like that's the first idea that needs to go because (laughs) to want love to want connection intimacy partnership that just makes you human okay (laughs) so there's nothing to be ashamed of and so many women have gotten so screwed because they're holding this idea that there's something and not just women again I don't want to be all gendered about it but like it's not just about they're holding this idea of like oh my god if I tell this person I want something serious they're gonna leave me and this coming from this place of fear and shame never a good place to operate from so there's that yeah first thing is just to own the fact that you want a commitment you want a relationship and not feel ashamed of it because there's nothing to feel ashamed of okay does it make you thirsty and also when you own it then you can have that conversation up front there's a difference between saying like uh well you were telling me before we started recording there's a difference between saying to somebody even on a first date like so you know well what are you like what are you looking for like what's your what's the deal there's a difference between like are you looking for a relationship in general versus like do you want to be with me specifically right and so if somebody just off the bat can't articulate they're looking for a relationship in general I think you need to walk away and find somebody who can say that because when someone can say that then once you're dating each other and it's moving forward and they're putting an effort to get to know you and to go deeper then it's like all right well hey I like you you like me like what's what's up are we doing this or not you know right And usually I find that it doesn't even really need to be said. I mean, it's kind of like a confirmation conversation. Like, oh, by the way, like this is we're doing this, right? Like that's what happened. I think my last three relationships were like that. It was kind of like after a few weeks, we were like, oh, we're we're doing this, right? (laughs) Like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. Just thought so. Just checking, you know. I will say I'm on both sides of the coin, depending on which relationship I'm in. But like the guy that I was dating in whatever, November, December timeframe, right after our first date, we know, I'm sorry, we had two dates. He said to me, he was like, when do you want to hang out this week? And I gave him, I was like, ah, Wednesday. And he's like, oh, I have plans um, Wednesday, but maybe Thursday. And the way he said it made me want to ask what the plans were. And he's like, well, I have to break up with the two other girls I was talking to on Bumble. And I was like, no, you don't. Just ghost them. Just does it. You don't need to meet up. <laughs> you were encouraging, you were encouraging him to ghost someone. Literally had been on like a date with each of them. He's like, well, that wouldn't be right. So he met up for coffee with both of them. It didn't go well either time. And he told them like, I, I like somebody. I want to try like spending all my energy on her. So I won't be talking to you anymore, but I hope we can be friends. Now he comes to me with this information and I was like, cool. I'm not deleting my Bumble profile and I'm not looking to be exclusive with you until I like have dated you for a while. Like I thought it was like wildly inappropriate that from jump, he just wanted to cut off communication with all of these other girls. Like I was flattered, but I was not reciprocating. I was like, I'm, I don't, I think that's weird. Like yeah, the first date we had, he actually deleted his Bumble profile and sent me the screenshot of it, like of him deleting it. And um, I was like, oh, Cool. That's yeah. That, I did not respond. I agree that that that's too much too soon. That's like that's love bombing. You know, like those love bombers who like it's like you meet and they're like you're the one and just all over the uh, top and let's yeah. and it's just it's and you're like dude I 
barely know you, that is not a good sign. That's somebody that's the kind of guy who usually ghosts actually that's usually the situation where he'll ghost you you're correct you know like he'll ghost you like a month into that after you're like he was the one Fanny I talked to him every day long distance from Jordan and Israel when I was on that trip in November yeah dated him through December and then just as quickly as he had snapped into it he had snapped out of it and that was it yeah that is when something feels really off like you're like this feels weird like you should listen to your intuition about that that's not a good sign and then also by the way to take somebody to ask somebody to go on a date with you just so you can break up with them when you've only been on one date is so crazy <laughs> thank you what are you doing there, there's a middle ground between ghosting and that you could always just send a like a text message and say hey just want to let you know right you I know met someone else. i met no. someone else but i think you're great wish you luck like take care period and leave it at that but to make somebody like go out with you again this schmuck was like hey what are you doing on wednesday like let's oh my get together. God. and then they'd show up and he's like i have to tell you i'm not really feeling this and they're sitting there like what the you wasted my damn time if you're gonna break up with me you better, I mean, if, if we're in a real relationship, obviously face to face, but if it's that kind of situation, oh my goodness. Yeah, that is really, really overkill. <laughs> um, okay, I have so many questions. Should I get to another one? Let me ask one. Sure, yeah, you go. And then I don't think we're going to get to them all because, you know, no. we, could, we could be doing this all day. <laughs> Let's try to go a little bit faster. Okay, so this question comes from someone on Twitter and she says, I was wondering if you have advice on dating with intention when your future is uncertain. I'm in academia, which unfortunately has a lot of short-term contracts, but I'd like to find a relationship and not just something for fun. Is this something worthwhile to pursue when I may need to move in another year or two, or should I focus on other things until I'm more settled? Well, my response is always like, I I very much live in the moment. I'm looking for gratification. I would never put myself on a timeout just because I might move. Like, so what? If the guy really loves you, he'll move with you. I wouldn't put your love life on hold. That's silly. Plus, we don't have that many good years, sister. I'm assuming this is a girl. <laughs> my looks are fading. Like, what? <laughs> I do not have a year to like just pause everything. <laughs> that's bad. What about you? What do you think? Well, by the way, that's, that's a, um, you know, not wanting to waste your time is a reason not to waste your time dating somebody who's told you they don't want a relationship because then, you know, you can spend months or a year later, you know, and you're finally, it's over and you're heartbroken and you're like mad at him. But the reality is like, he told you, right. <laughs> you just didn't listen. Right. I agree though that you should, and not because you're getting older, because I, I, I'm a believer in love at every age, but I do think that you just, life is always uncertain. If anybody had any doubt yeah. about that, like, look at what's happening right now. Come on. Yeah. So obviously, you know, if you started dating somebody and they're, I don't know, maybe divorced and have three small kids and are like, yeah, I'm never leaving here because, you know, until my kids are grown, then probably shouldn't keep dating that person, you know. But unless it's something like very definitive like that, like he really can't move, maybe you'll stay, you know. I don't know. So it, it just depends. But I agree that don't put your love life on hold. People have made made it work with all sorts of logistical <laughs> nightmarish scenarios and if they're the right person then you guys will figure it out yeah I have an example that comes to mind that's like the most severe example of this and it was a friend of mine that had cancer that was going through a stem cell replacement and knew that when he came out the other side, he, there was a 40% chance that it would come back and it would kill him. And he said to me, like, I just don't know how I will ever 
get anyone to love me or how I will ever date knowing that they're signing up for this nightmare. And that was like a really depressing, big concern for him. He made it out the other side and there was someone for him and he's happily married now and it hasn't, the cancer hasn't come back. But I think that's like a very extreme example of someone feeling like, yeah, you know, but. But there's no guarantees, you know? No. Like you could think that you've got 50 more years to live and find out that you don't, you know, like, so tomorrow is not promised to us. So we definitely have to make the choices that are right for us today. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, all right, we did that fast. Okay, next question. (laughs) So this is from Raquel and she said, I've been virtually dating a guy via Zoom and he checks all my boxes. Cute, tall, not an asshole, doesn't have an awful job. (laughs) How do I keep it going, lock this down without actually meeting him till quarantine is over? I think this is like a really common problem. Like how many Zoom dates can you have? How do you keep the ball in the air basically? Like, and when do you say, all right, Fuck it. I'm going to meet you. So I think that there's different comfort levels with meeting in person. And I don't want to, like, give somebody the advice to, like, look, meeting in person is important. I I was trying to think about this, too, just for myself. I mean, I didn't know this question in advance, but I have a client who has been dating a guy via FaceTime and whatever since quarantine began. And they've been having, like, the most amazing dates and the most amazing connection. They just met in person last week and they did, like, a socially distanced date. And and yeah and I forgot you can do that yes you you can do that yeah you can do that so you can like go and you know take a walk in the park you can go and you know you get frosé on your walks I know in my neighborhood too like there are lots of bars that have like takeaway you know you guys could do something like that so there are creative ways to figure it out if you do want to meet in person but I think otherwise, you know, what I would be more focused on until that happens is to make sure like if you're interested in being in a committed relationship with this person, <laughs> this is the theme of the day. Is that what he is looking for as well? Yeah. You know, so I would be more concerned with like having those types of conversations and getting a sense of that because I, as much as I do know and believe that there are lots of people who are looking for committed relationships, there are also a lot of people who are bored, stuck at home. And so they're happy for you to be their quarantine boo. And that doesn't necessarily mean that's going to translate into a relationship. But that's why you just have to have the conversation. So any embarrassment you feel about having that conversation, let it go. Don't be embarrassed. You're just being smart. You're just like taking care of your heart and not wasting your time with somebody who's not on the same page as you. And also, I don't know if you can really know that you want to be in a relationship with him until you meet face to face. No, you can't. You can also say that. You can be like, loving getting to know you. Like, I think we have such a great connection. I really look forward to seeing you in person. But I also want to know, like, is a relationship something that you're looking for right now? Because it is for me. And I don't think we can know, you know, for sure until we meet in person. But if you know that's not something that you're looking for, then I don't want to waste either one of our time. Yeah, I like that. So. All right. Good advice. I want to ask this one before you ask another one, because I really liked this. So this is from Cray. And he said, any advice for sticking to positive reinforcement habits rather than negative ones? With all of this quarantine stuff and living in the middle of nowhere, I've given up on so many productive things like learning a language, playing more music and gone for more negative things like day drinking and sitting in bed watching shitty YouTube videos. Oh, no. Just from a consistency standpoint, do you have any tips? Love you both and stay healthy. Oh, so. Oh, my gosh. So many things there. Yes. Big believer in positive reinforcement in general. Negative reinforcement, I mean, you know, unless you're a golden retriever, I don't think is really... And even if you are a golden retriever, still, you know, they love the treats. So, um, I, you know, I would say, number one, give yourself a break because this shit is traumatic. And 
when traumatic things happen, we don't necessarily respond in like the most productive ways. So you're just doing, you've been doing what you needed to do to get through and that's fine. But since it's clearly at a point now where you're over it, then it's like, okay, great, time to reset. So you just have to have compassion for yourself. Like, yeah, I haven't spent this quarantine quote unquote productively, but I did what I needed to do and I did the best that I could. And now if you want to do better, you've got to start by giving yourself a break. But number one thing I would say is just to get some kind of routine for yourself. Like I'm a big advocate of having zero screens in the bedroom. So in my house, there's no phones in the bedroom. There's no phones, there's no TVs, there's no laptops. And really having the bedroom be like a sacred space that's about like rest, relaxation, intimacy, and that's it. So I would highly recommend if you are falling into a rabbit hole of just being on your phone or being on your laptop on YouTube all day, like take the phone out of the equation. It'll force you to get up out of bed. Um, That's one thing. So establish your routine, you know, get up in the morning, take a shower, get dressed. Even if you're going to spend the day on YouTube on your sofa, at least do that after you've like start, you know, given yourself some structure for the day. You're hitting on something that I wholeheartedly believe in. My entire life is a series of treats. So I do something and then I get a treat. I do something and I get a treat. I think that the happy medium for me is I do have negative behaviors and I have positive behaviors, but they both have to balance each other out. So in the morning, I wake up, by the way, I blow dry my hair every day, regardless of whether or not I'm going to see anyone. I am very, very committed to routine. I wake up, I work out. Because I worked out, because I did my job all day remotely, which is a real bitch, I allow myself to drink every night. Is it great for me? No. But I feel like I deserve it. So I get through the day, like in the morning when I'm doing my burpees, you know, in the middle of my living room, I can see that bottle of Mezcal out of the corner of my eye and I know (laughs) I've got a date with it at 6 p.m. And I don't see anything wrong with that. But you have to have a balance of the two. One cannot outweigh the other. Mm -hmm. It's a recipe for disaster. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. So I think just give yourself a break, reset and commit to some sort of routine and don't hold yourself to a standard of like ultimate like productivity. Like now I'm going to, you know, learn three languages and how to play the piano and paint my house. Small goals, baby steps. Don't set a goal that's so high that then it feels intimidating. And then just drinking and watching YouTube is like the escape from your insanely high goal. (laughs) And I go back to the walking thing. Like if you're looking to put a good habit into. Yes. Agreed. It's therapeutic. It's healthy. Totally. No downside to walking. Take a walk. Yes. You're not going to get injured. (laughs) (laughs) I hope. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. All right. Hopefully that's helpful. Yeah. Let's do like two more. And I felt like this person really needs your help. Okay. He says, uh, hi, Corinne and Franny. I'm a big fan of you guys in the podcast. Anyways, ever since this quarantine hit, I've been feeling super depressed and down. This came about around a couple days ago, and I don't know how to shake this feeling of loneliness and isolation. I haven't seen my friends or boyfriend in over three months, and my family annoys the absolute shit out of me. What are some ways you guys have been coping with the quarantine, and do you have any advice on how I can get over this bump in my life? I know I'm not the only one who has to deal with this, but it honestly feels like this virus is a never-ending chapter in all our lives. Mm. I always feel so sad for people who are not thriving in quarantine and what happens is it becomes like a like a cancer like it gets worse and worse and it it like feeds on itself and Mm -hmm. so it's really hard to dig your way out and so i feel like he's sort of at the beginning of despair and i would love Mm. to give him some good advice to dig himself out before it gets worse yeah yeah so i guess he doesn't have a choice but to quarantine where he's quarantining it does sound like his his annoying family is where he has to quarantine 
Okay. Well, so that's unfortunate, but um, okay, that is what it is. So I, I think, you know, just creating as much, again, routine as you can, carving out as much physical space as you can for yourself. I don't, obviously, I don't know what your living situation is. I mean, like, I know people who are cohabitating, you know, in a couple relationship and the only place that they can be alone is the bathroom. And I can relate to that because not currently we've got lots of space, like we're good. But my last boyfriend who I lived with, I only had the bathroom to retreat to and there was no COVID-19. And I spent a lot of time in that. He'd be like, what are you doing in there? I'm like, don't worry about it. Started taking my laptop into the bathroom. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I need my alone time. Such a freak with your me time. I really love my me time. But I say to this person, I would, I mean, I know that we don't have him on the line, but like, I feel like a lot less lonely when I do the Zoom bullshit. Like, yes, agreed. Even just I'm podcasting with you right now. Like, I feel like we're in the same room, you know, like, I think that you might like poo poo it or maybe not do it very often. But I would really put that into heavy rotation and try and reach out to friends, obviously your boyfriend, but like lots of different friend groups. Like that's a big thing for me. So I have probably at any given time, I probably have 15 text threads with groups of friends that don't know the other groups of friends that I have. And each of those have their own Zoom like time with me. And so I feel like my dance card is full, even though I don't leave my apartment, you know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Definitely like staying connected to other people, figuring out ways to do like creative dates, you know, video dates with your boyfriend. Even if it's just you take a walk in your neighborhood and you're talking to him on FaceTime and he's taking a walk in his neighborhood and he's talking to you on FaceTime, like just try to get out of the house, try to make your own physical space, try to create some routine and make sure that you're doing what you can to stay connected to people outside of your immediate family since they're driving you crazy. Yeah, and just, I mean, FYI, like my family, because I don't see them very often when I come home, like, I feel like my mom follows me around the house. And oftentimes I have to be like, listen, like in our upstate house, I'm like, the upstairs is where my bedroom is. Their room is on the main floor. And I'm like, you don't come upstairs for any reason. (laughs) It's my space. (laughs) Because otherwise she'll just be all up in my business. Like, I'll be blow drying my hair. I'll look up and she's standing in the bathroom. I'm like, what are you doing? Go back upstairs. So I know if you set up some boundaries, uh, that can help because I had to do that. Yes, agreed. Boundaries are always good. Always good. I have a good question for you that I think you'd be able to answer better than I am. This person wants to remain anonymous and she says, I am 45 years old and I have never actually dated. I met my husband in college and we were together my entire adult life until he passed away a few years ago. I've tried Bumble and eHarmony, but I don't really know how to flirt over chat or text. I also find it kind of gross when middle-aged men whom I've never met try to text flirt with me. How do I learn to date at my age and are there any viable options other than the dating apps? Oh, wow. I say this is a question for you versus me because I've been dating, I don't know, out the womb and I never stopped. And I really don't know. I love dating. I don't know. You're a much better person to ask. This is tricky. I've definitely worked with some clients who are in similar situations where, you know, they just never had the experience of having to date. I'm like, what's that like? Tell me more. <laughs> I've been on so many dates. Um, but anyway, but in general, I would say like dating is a skill and like all skills, like it can be learned. It can be strengthened. You know, it can be taught. So absolutely. So just know that like there's just a skill set that you need to get that you just don't have yet. Now, unfortunately, with dating, kind of doing it is the best way to learn. Um, So you can definitely I mean, this person is more than welcome to reach out to me. I'm happy to have a call with you. But, you know, there's lots of resources out there. Online dating is not the only way to meet people, though, of course, at this time, it's a little bit more challenging. Like normally I would be telling you, like, you know, 
flirting is probably the number one skill that you need to learn. And there's levels to flirting. There's different styles of flirting. But at a very basic level, just learning to be able to like make eye contact and smile at a strange man like that is a skill not everybody has it I didn't always have it um, I had to teach myself that skill um, and then it was life-changing when I did because then I was like oh there actually are men all over the place who I could potentially date so you know start small but just know that pay attention to what for you I definitely would want to prioritize the guys who are saying that they are you know maybe looking for something more serious guys who are taking the time in their profiles to actually like share something of who they are and what they care about that's a good sign that they're looking for something more than just you know casual not that you're looking for I don't know I mean it doesn't sound like she's looking to get remarried right now but if you don't want to just do the text flirting thing you need to focus your attention more on the guys who are looking for something more serious who are unlikely to come out the gate being you know sending you drool emojis or whatever yeah and um i think this leads very well into i have an email that's actually not a question it's a thank you but um what i was going to say is that and I'll, I'll read the email and you'll understand why why this connects but putting exactly what you want in your own profile and like really working at having a good profile will send the right message and attract the right people. Absolutely. And so that might be the flaw. So this person, um, just ironically, it's from Sierra and she said, Hey, Corinne and Franny, I'm so excited you're doing a podcast together again. It's so great to hear your voices, get your advice and laugh along. I'm not necessarily writing with a question, but rather a thank you. A while ago in the Facebook group, someone created a thread for people to share their Tinder profiles and get critiques to make them better. I posted pictures of mine and received really great advice from people in the group and some great advice from Franny. During the pandemic, dating and getting to know people has been a little difficult. Instead of attracting randos, weirdos, or people who end up ghosting, I've actually started matching with people who share more interests with me and took off more items on my list. About three weeks ago, I started talking to a guy and I really like him. I'm so grateful for Franny's help and advice, as well as the support of my best friend, Corinne Group. This is such a supportive community and I'm really grateful for the energy and friendship y'all provide. So I think that there's something to that, right? Like Amazing. Yeah. You might feel like everyone's creepy and weird. It's not because they're in their, you know, midlife, whatever you called it. Um, it might be because you, you're you not sending the correct message, right, in your yeah. profile. Yes. Yeah, definitely starting with your own profile. And, and I, I think a big mistake that people make online in general is that, look, you are the hero of your own story. You know yourself and your hopes and your dreams and your personality. So you are kind of taking it for granted that other people are going to be able to get your vibe, but you right. may not be doing a good job of actually expressing who you are. So making sure that your profile is not generic, like it should be specific, like it should be a profile that somebody can look at and be like, oh, I'm looking to meet someone like her. So not trying to go for the mass appeal of like, what? how can I look the cutest and get the most matches? Like that's a bad strategy. You'll get a lot of matches that are going to go nowhere. Whereas if you're like, you know, if there's something quirky that you really care about like put it in your profile like let the you know one out of 10 guys who sees that or 20 guys who sees that be like oh my god I, I'm into that too or I think it's amazing that she's into that you know or you know she, I really get a sense of like what she cares about and who she is from this profile and you can do that in a very short amount of time so really quick these are the five elements that your profile should contain. Number one, this is who I am. You can do this in one sentence. Brainstorm five to seven adjectives that describe you. You can ask your friends, like, how would you describe me to someone that you're setting me up with? You know, so get some adjectives. You're not going to use them all, but just as a starting point. And your first sentence could literally be something like, you know, I'm a optimistic, outgoing, kind, I don't know, whatever, like, 
world traveler, for instance, period, one sentence. The next thing you want to convey is a little bit about like what you care about or how you live your life. So don't just say like, oh, I like to work out. Everybody says that. What do you like to do? I hate the, I like to travel. Ask me anything. Like, oh, that's informative. Yeah, exactly. Like I like to, everybody says they like to travel. Like where do you, where do you like to travel? What kind of travel? There's a big difference. Do you like to go camping? Do you like to go, <laughs> you know, to like on safari? Do you like to go to Paris? Like, what do you like to do? So again, think of like, okay, what are some things that I really like to do? Some specific examples of what I like to do. You know, you can brainstorm them, right? What's your perfect day? Your perfect day, what would you do? Brainstorm. This is what I do. Oh my God, it'd be amazing. I'd start out with a hike. I would end the day at like a cozy dinner for two, like a candlelight dinner for two, like whatever it is that you love, like just put that in there, just a little example. So somebody could be like, oh yeah, I resonate with that. Like either I am into that too, or I think it's so cool that she is, you know? Again, you can do that in a sentence. And then you want to say something about who you are looking to meet. So if you are have a profile where you're like, don't contact me if this, don't contact me if that. Like, that was that's, my old profile. Don't say what you don't want, say what you do want. So like, what kind of guy do you want to meet? You want to meet somebody who's smart. You want to meet somebody who's funny, who's kind, who wants to, you know, go hiking with you, like whatever it is, like put it in there, right? Like you want somebody to read that and be like, yes, that's me. She's looking for me specifically, right? And then the fourth thing is to say something of what you want to experience or have with that person. So like if you are, you know, looking for somebody who, you know, is who's looking for the love of their life, like say it. I mean, you don't, you could think of like a, maybe a more interesting way to say that if that doesn't feel comfortable for you, but you could say something like, you know, I'm looking for somebody who, you know, who thinks that my idea of us growing old together, you know, with 10 dogs is a great life plan. Like even that gives you a sense of like, okay, like it gives you information about that person, the person who would say that. And then the last thing that you, your profile should include is like, or just a really easy reason why that person should contact you. So it could be as simple as if you think we'd get along, you know, I look forward to hearing from you. Or it could be like, you know, if you if you're also hoping that you can meet somebody like, you know, you could actually find love on Bumble, like look forward to hearing from you. Like what just some kind of like, you know, they call it in marketing, like a call to action. <laughs> like, what do you want them to do? That. Like something for them to hold on to to be like, yes, that resonates with me. Yes, I want that. So I will reach out to her. So that's very quick way to just like bring a little bit more personality and specificity into your profile so you can speak to the person that you are trying to attract. This is why you're so good. <laughs> I'd be like, make sure you show your ass in one photo. Make sure you <laughs> don't have any pretty girls in any of your photos because they might be prettier than you. <laughs> well, you shouldn't have any group photos. That's that is true. But you know, if you if you have a bunch of sexy photos, just know you're gonna get a lot of guys who that's all they're gonna see. They're going to be like, ooh, sexy photo, and that's what they're going to focus on. If you're sexy, which I'm sure you are, then they're still going to see you're sexy if you have your clothes on. So have your clothes on. Let it be something that you're not leading with, you know? So just make sure your profile is telling the right story. I literally just gave that, because that information, you gave that to me. And I was, listen, I'm pretty, like, covered up, I think, for the most part. But I had uh, two pictures that were, like, a look back one of them in shorts, the other one I happened to be in a bathing suit, like holding a Oh yeah, I remember. <laughs> and you were like, you get one, Corinne, you don't get two. I mean, and honestly, only you get one. I don't want, I don't even want people to have one of those, honestly. <laughs> unless you're looking for something casual, unless you're just looking for fun, in which case have a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just feel like it's the moneymaker. Why? Well, you got it. You got to sell it. Well, it gives um, you, it gives you quantity of matches, but it doesn't give you quality of matches. You're absolutely right. 
And you could actually be missing out on people who are looking for something more serious because they're like, oh, if her first photo is a show, a photo where I can see her butt cheeks, <laughs> I'm probably not going to marry this woman. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. it's just that simple. So, you know, what story are you telling and making sure that you're telling a story that is actually in alignment with what you want? So, well, do you have time for one more question? Yes, one more question. Okay. So I apologize to anyone that wrote in. I have a couple more that we're not going to get to. Maybe she can answer them on our Facebook group. Okay. So... All right. This person wants to be anonymous. I've been dating a woman for the last seven months. She's been a widow with a son for the last four years. And I know all of this going into the relationship. Things were awesome. We go on bitching dates, hang in with the kid and do cool family things, etc. I am 100% in love with her. And I even bought her a very fancy ring. Oh, wow. Bold move. (laughs) But lately it's been weird. She doesn't wear the ring anymore. Physically shudders when I try to give her a kiss and doesn't really want me to come over and hang out. Still hasn't met my parents or friends because thinking about meeting them makes her sick to her stomach. Oh. I literally don't know what to do or whether it's worth staying in the relationship. I don't want to be the guy who proposes to someone and then cancels the engagement because to be honest, I don't know if I could fucking handle it. Am I missing something? Does she actually want to break up with me and can't do it herself either? And now we're stuck in this perpetual circle? I really do love her. I love her kid. I really do want to spend the rest of my life with her. I just want her to show me that she does too and not feel like a sack of shit because I'm not her deceased husband. Love you both. Mean it. What do you say? Because I don't know what to say. My inclination is you deserve better and you need to have a very honest conversation and then get the ring back. Why is she not wearing the ring? That's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, was it... I mean, I guess he did propose. He proposed. They are engaged. They're technically engaged. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I mean, listen, if, if you seriously want to marry this woman, you got to talk. Like, if you can't have this conversation with her, then there's no reason for the two of you to be getting married obviously there's something going on with her and it could just be you know residual like trauma from losing her husband maybe her fear is being triggered like I don't who knows what is going on with her but you have to talk to her you know we can't tell you what she's thinking no idea but you've got to talk to her yeah I very often so I am as you know I have the anxious attachment style so I pick up on any behavioral changes and I tend to freak out about them this is a major shift dude this is not something subtle this is I don't know he usually calls me by this time today and he hasn't called that's me this is very significant and you need to address it this is not you being needy or you know pathetic here this is your life this is your future exactly you cannot marry somebody who is like recoiling at your touch and won't meet your family and friends and but more to the point is she didn't do that at first and something shifted and now she's doing that yeah i'd want to know what that shift was caused by yeah because that's the only way you'll be able to fix it right and it may have nothing to do with you no right absolutely nothing to do with you and also just work on your self-love also, that's just my, just for everyone, like just work on your self-love because in life we cannot control other people. We cannot control outcomes. The only thing that we have control over is ourselves and your love journey is going to be a lot easier if you learn to love yourself more. And it doesn't mean that you don't get disappointed. It doesn't mean that you can't have pain, but um, or you won't experience pain because you're human. So you will. But it does mean that you'll be able to weather those storms and those ups and downs a lot more easily. And um, you won't take things so personally. So I'm really sorry this is happening, but you've got to have a real honest conversation with her. And if she won't communicate with you, then you've got to you've got to end it
I mean, I hate to say that. It's not my place to say that. This is why giving kind of generic advice is hard. But let me put it this way. Let me not tell you to break up with her. (laughs) I'm going to retract that statement. But just know that if this is how things are now, getting married is not going to make it better. If if I may, perhaps seven months isn't long enough to date somebody. Before proposing. Yeah, seven months is not a very long time. Now, listen, it depends. There are some people, you know, who... Yeah. My parents were together from their first date, you know, and they moved in together, like, right away and got married shortly thereafter. And, you know, they were happily married for many years until my dad died. So, like, it's not that it doesn't happen that you can know that quickly. The exception, though. But it's definitely the exception. And if she's the one, then she'll be the one a year from now, too. Yeah, good point. There's no rush. She's already got a kid. Yeah, yep. But I wish you luck. I wish you good luck. Oh, goodness. Wow. That was a lot. We tackled a lot of issues here. We, we really did. It was. It, it really ran the gamut. <laughs> but what I love about us is that I, at no point, like we have completely differing opinions despite being best of friends. And, you know, I respect everything you say. I think you respect some of what I say. And... Um, <laughs> I just hope that anyone listening, um, you know, can find sort of a nice balance between the advice. Yeah, I hope so, too. I hope this has been helpful for people. And um, I told Corinne a while ago, I was like, we should have a podcast where we just give advice from our different points of view. And she thought that we should call it Good Cunt, Bad Cunt. And I was like, I cannot (laughs) have a podcast. (laughs) With the C word in it. It's not happening. (laughs) But um, this is a small preview of that imaginary (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Well, Corinne, I'm always happy to have you on this show and you know this was great so let's do it again sometime for sure and big shout out to all of uh my best friend corinne's the patrons the community that is so strong and awesome and thanks for all of your awesome questions guys and thanks for the questions that i got on twitter i appreciate that so thank you the next time i see you will be when you visit your godson yes i can't (laughs) wait i can't wait i can't wait all right honey i love you okay i love you more I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. There you have it. My conversation with Corinne Kaplan. I hope that you enjoyed it as much as I did. I hope that you were able to glean some wisdom from the two of us. Maybe a little bit more from me. Just kidding. Ish. Um, I love Corinne, but we do disagree, as you know, because you just listened to that on some things. But um, she's amazing. And if you're not already following her on social media, you should be. She's at Corinne Sanity. She says what she thinks and she is unfiltered like no one else. It is incredible and inspiring to behold. So be sure to check her out on social media. I'll be linking in the show notes to her social media and to her podcast. And like I said, to her previous episode of Dear Franny podcast. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you are safe. I hope that you are well. You can stay in touch with me at Dear Franny on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook and all the places and the podcast at Dear Franny podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And um, yes, for those of you who have taken the time to rate the show and review the show I appreciate you so much thank you thank you thank you and if you haven't yet had a chance to do that I invite you to please go ahead and give me that five-star review it only takes a few seconds and it means so much but I appreciate you regardless and I look forward to um, the next episode where I get to talk to you again (laughs) all right stay safe take care bye